Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. A group of 15-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Dairy Queen next to the Ocean View restaurant because they had only $6 among them, and Jimmy Johnson, the cute boy in social studies, lived on that street. At their reunion 10 years later, the group of 25-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the drinks were cheap, the restaurant offered free snacks, the band was good, and there was no cover charge, and, of course, there were a lot of cute guys there. At their reunion 10 years later, the group of 35-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the atmosphere was good, it was right near the gym, and if they went late enough, there wouldn't be too many whiny little kids. At their reunion 10 years later, the group of 45-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the martinis were big and the waiters were younger. Ten years later, the group of 55-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the prices were reasonable the wine list was good, the restaurant had windows that opened in case of hot flashes, and the fish is good for cholesterol. Ten years later, the group of 65-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the lighting was good and the restaurant had an early bird special. Ten years later, the group of 75-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the food was not too spicy and the restaurant was handicapped accessible. Ten years later, the group of 85-year-old girlfriends discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because they had never been there before. Have you ever experienced the kindness of a stranger? Do you remember what that felt like? Have you ever practiced a random act of kindness for a stranger? Do you remember how that generous act made you feel? Some time ago, people talked about random acts of kindness. These acts were excellent opportunities to put more positivity out into the world. In this week's episode of Positively 365, we will examine how we can make such acts more intentional in our daily lives. This episode will end with a great illustration of how an act of kindness can make a real difference in someone's life. But first, 
We have our trivia question for the day. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Who wrote in 1774 that no thinking man in America wanted independence from England? We will have the answer when we come back. Do you know the answer to today's trivia question? The question is Who wrote in 1774 that no thinking man in America wanted independence from England? The answer George Washington. Of course, George Washington would then go on to lead the Continental Army in its war for independence from England, and then he would become the first president. Of the newly formed United States of America. I guess the lesson here is to always keep an open mind and be willing to change that mind. Now you know. We have to make kindness the norm, not the exception. Humans spend so much time and energy focusing on negatives that affect us. When a moment of kindness appears, it's as if a fog has been lifted just for a moment. It's lovely. It makes us feel good. We smile. But then the fog rolls back in and we go back to the norm of our daily negative lives. We don't put in the effort to truly appreciate and reflect on those moments. What is your norm? Where do those moments appear in your day and how frequent are they? My guess is that many of us will have a hard time answering that question because we don't register those experiences when they happen. They are simply short, passing moments of delight. But what if we started being intentional about not only noticing and absorbing them when they happen to us, but for creating those moments for other people? What if we made it a point to go slightly outside of our comfort zone at least once a day to make someone smile, to share a compliment with a coworker or friend, to reach out to a family member we haven't spoken to in a while? What if we stopped thinking about them as random acts of kindness and started thinking about them as intentional acts of kindness? There are things we do every single day with intention, yet we don't even think about them. We wake up, take a shower, brush our teeth, get dressed, drive to work or school, are part of our invisible routine. What if we added a moment of kindness to our invisible routine? What if we woke up and as we turn off the alarm clock, we immediately send an uplifting text message to a friend? Or during the morning commute, what if we let that guy merge into traffic with a wave and a smile instead of feeling upset or slighted? I invite you to look for ways to make moments of kindness the norm in your daily life. 
we can include those intentional moments of kindness, laughter, and delight each and every day in our lives. It also means taking a moment to enjoy and recognize when those things are happening to us. Kindness starts with one. One smile, one compliment, one cup of coffee, one conversation. Let's lift the fog and make kindness the norm. The story of kindness is readily illustrated in the story of Shia. The touching story reminds us that it is extremely important to spread love and kindness to other people, regardless of whether we know them or not. When you act in ways which are kind to others, then you would be surprised at how contagious such behaviors are. Then what you will find is that others will also spread the kindness that you have given to them or that they have seen you offer to others. The beautiful story of Shia makes a deep and lasting impact. In Brooklyn, New York, Kush is a school that caters to learning disabled children. Some children remain in Kush for their entire school career, while others can be mainstreamed into conventional schools. At a Kush fundraising dinner, the father of a Kush child delivered a speech that would never be forgotten by anyone who attended that night. After extolling the school and its dedicated staff, he cried out, Where is the perfection in my son Shia? Everything God does is done with perfection. But my child cannot understand things as other children do. My child cannot remember facts and figures as other children do. Just where is God's perfection? The audience was shocked by the question, pained by the father's anguish, stilled by the piercing query. I believe, the father answered, that when God brings a child like this into the world, the perfection that he seeks is in the way other people react to this child. He then told the following story about his son, Shia. One afternoon, Shia and his father walked past a park where some boys Shia knew were playing baseball. Shia asked, Do you think they will let me play with them? Shia's father knew that his son was not at all athletic and that most boys would not want him on their team. But Shia's father understood that if his son was chosen to play, it would give him a comfortable sense of belonging. Shia's father approached one of the boys in the field and asked if Shia could play. The boy looked around for guidance from his teammates. Getting none, he took matters into his own hands and said, We are losing by six runs and the game is in the eighth inning. I guess he can be on our team and we'll try to put him up to bat in the ninth inning. 
Shia's father was ecstatic as Shia smiled broadly. Shia was told to put on a glove and go out to play short center field. In the bottom of the eighth inning, Shia's team scored a few runs, but was still behind by three. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Shia's team scored again, and now with two outs and the bases loaded, with the potential for winning run being on base, Shia was scheduled to be up at bat. Would the team actually let Shia bat at this juncture and give away their chance to win the game? Surprisingly, Shia was given the bat. Everyone knew that it was all but impossible because Shia didn't even know how to hold the bat properly, let alone hit with it. However, as Shia stepped up to the plate, the pitcher moved a few steps to lob the ball in a soft way so that Shia could at least be able to make contact. The first pitch came in, and Shia swung clumsily and missed. One of Shia's teammates came up to Shia, and together they held the bat and faced the pitcher, waiting for the next pitch. The pitcher, again, took a few steps forward to toss the ball softly toward Shia. As the pitch came in, Shia and his teammate swung the bat together, and together they hit a slow ground ball to the pitcher. The pitcher picked up the soft grounder, and could easily have thrown the ball to the first baseman. Shia would have been out, and that would have ended the game. Instead, the pitcher took the ball and threw it on a high arc to right field, far beyond the reach of the first baseman. Everyone started yelling, Shia, run to first, run to first. Never in his life had Shia run to first. He scampered down the baseline, wide-eyed and startled. By the time he reached first base, the right fielder had the ball. He could have thrown the ball to the second baseman, who would tag Shia out, who was still running. But the right fielder understood the pitcher's intentions, so he threw the ball high and far over the third baseman's head. Everyone yelled, run to second, run to second. Shia ran towards second base, and as the runners ahead of him deliriously circled the bases towards home, as Shia reached second base, the opposing shortstop ran to him, turned him in the direction of third base, and shouted, Run to third! As Shia rounded third, the boys from both teams ran behind him, screaming, Shia, run home! Shia ran home stepped on home plate, and all 18 boys lifted him on their shoulders and made him the hero, as if he had just hit a grand slam and won the game for his team. That day, said the father softly, with tears rolling down his eyes, those 18 boys reached their level of God's perfection. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. 
You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year.